Hello and welcome to Inside Intercom. I'm Liam Garrity. What an episode I have for you today. So you probably know that Intercom just launched Finn, a breakthrough AI bot built on ChatGPT that accurately and immediately answers customer questions, reducing support volume and resolution times. It's a game changer. Well, recently, Intercom co-founder and CSO Des Trainer, along with Director of Machine Learning Fergal Reed and VP of Product Design Emmett Connolly, got together for a webinar and live demonstration of this new AI bot. On today's episode, you'll hear the in-depth discussion that they all had about Finn in that webinar. If you want to see all of this in action and watch the live demo and see the Q&A session, you can watch the full webinar on YouTube. The link is in the show description. But for now, we're going to jump into the discussion where Des, Fergal and Emmett chat about how Finn uses GPT-4 to accurately and immediately answer customer questions, the impact AI advancements are making on the world of customer service today and how that will evolve, as well as Intercom's plans for investing more in AI and machine learning. The host for today is Catherine Brodigan. Catherine is Senior Manager of Global Partnerships at Intercom. So without further ado, let's get the ball rolling. Over to you, Catherine. I'm really pleased to introduce Des, first of all. Um, Des, I want to throw to you with a quick question to get us started really around kind of the, the general trends that we're seeing in the industry at the moment. Like I sit on our sales floor in the Dublin office and there's just been a ton of excitement over the last week, both from our sales team and from our customers about Finn. Two things that have really stood out from our customer feedback so far is number one, how easy it is to set up. And number two, how quickly it gets going with really intelligent answers. But, you know, as we know, sometimes new technology comes out and seems like it'll change the game only to then like fall short of expectations. So I'd love to hear from you, like what's convinced you that we're not on a hype curve here and that this is the real deal? I think usage is like the actual seeing the product live is the biggest indicator that this is not smoke and mirrors. This is not vaporware. This is not even like sort of VC pumped up hype shit like WebTree or whatever. Like generally speaking, you know, hype is usually something that like everyone's trying to generate it to, to profit off it. Like our customers want this product. Not, no one who actually like gets what it does is like in any way in doubt about its value. And then I think, you know, with the, the, the even the demo bot, like the stay BNB bot that, that's live on intercom.com forward slash fin or whatever, you can actually like see it even there. Like, you know, it actually gives really good answers to really common questions. I personally ran through like all the questions I'd ever asked. Airbnb, who, who of whom it's a kind of a type of competitor to, if you like, the Airbnb product. Every question I asked, I got like at least a seven out of ten answer, and in a few cases, I got a ten out of ten answer, and I got them instantly. And, you know, a point I often make to folks is like, if you had the option between like a very good answer immediately, or you could, if you preferred, wait fifteen minutes and get a handcrafted artisanal answer, most people are picking the instant answer. And that's good for the business too, right? If you're trying to do something and you have to wait fifteen minutes before you can get to the next step. That's not an effective funnel. You'd never design it that way. So I think here's the, the differences between this and like, say, a hype train. And if, like, I don't want to just keep picking on like either crypto or web trade or just the two most recent sort of hype trains. You could look at like gamification. If you went back, you could possibly talk about AOR and VOR. You could even say like self-driving cars have yet to actually really, really, really land. This is here today. You know, like people play with ChatGPT, people play with Bing, people play with Bard, people play with Dolly. There's more coming. You know, no one is like not experiencing this in any way. And the reason the customers are like asking for it, like their sales for is alive is 
pretty much because everyone is seeing it and living it and breeding it. And it feels like every week that passes is like a decade of AI progress at the moment. You know, because like even for us, like things like Finn went from being, nah, that's probably not going to happen anytime soon, mate, in like early November to being like, we're close, but it's still a good bit away, which is where I think we were in maybe December to like, this is happening in January, right? And uh, like that's the pace of progress that we're seeing here. So not only have we taken like a gargantuan step forward, like we, the industry, not just in our policy, but also every week we seem to be just taking faster steps as well. So I really like, I think at this point to call a hype, you'd have to be like the darkest of skeptics or cynics maybe. Yeah, I think, as you say, we've moved really, really fast here. And as, as such, there's a huge mindset shift kind of required of the industry at large right now, particularly the customer service industry. So how how do you kind of tackle like where this has come up for you when you know, kind of questions come up about striking a new balance between kind of that human personal kind of artisanal handcrafted answer, this incredible new tech that's out there, but also like the kind of macroeconomic climate and this like desire to achieve economic efficiency and consolidate tools. Like, how do you see this kind of changing the game in, in terms of how businesses can strike that balance? I think what businesses now have a real clean option to do is provide top tier, like super person on the issues that need it and provide incredibly fast support on the issues where a simple, fast answer will do. You know, like on any given day in Intercom, we will deal with how do we get a new API key? And we'll also deal with some confusion about, I put a series live two weeks ago, and I'm just checking, and one of the customers should have received it, but now I'm saying that they're spam blocked, how do I unblock, blah, 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 blah. The first one is like, you know, it still takes a little bit of time to answer that question around. It takes a bit of our time, takes a bit of the customer's time. The second one is actually a messy one and it could take an hour to diagnose or it could take two hours to diagnose. And like, that's an actual interoperative thing. But, but the first one drags on our ability to do the second. And I think every support team has a version of that. They've complicated queries like, hey, I've booked a room for seven nights, but I only need it for five. And I'm checking out halfway through and coming back or something like that. And they also have, where's the swimming pool? You know, and like the idea is that by removing so much of like what I would call like the undifferentiated transactional support, you really enable and empower the support team to actually deliver the high quality support in the more like the more complicated moments, the more emotionally charged moments, the more urgent moments, the more emotive moments. Like they're the ones where like you where the support team really like drives business value. You don't actually hire a support team to have a bunch of professional apologists or explainers of like click here to reset password. Like that's not useful. But at the same time, it's still it's still kind of unavoidable. So I think that's the balance for me is like is in finding that sweet spot of like. Where does the support team drive most value? And where are we just frustrating our customers? And it's not like, you know, a brand building opportunity to explain how to reset your password. It's just a bloody link. And, uh, and that's where Finn shines. And then support teams shine where they know how to shine, if you know what I mean. So that, to me, is the balance. Yeah, which completely makes sense. And I think, yeah, as you say, just figuring out what's automatable and what's actually going to need that kind of deeper, more meaningful kind of human conversation. And I think, you know, this is obviously the game is going to change again and again and again over the next kind of, you know, three, six, nine, 12 months, you know, thinking about where we were this time last year. And there's going to be like inherently more and more value for support teams in this field in future. But if we were kind of to focus on the here and now for a second, like what's the main kind of value driver for support teams like today? And how should the customer service teams think about getting ahead of the game and getting ready to use this technology in the best possible way for their business? Yeah, I think any future-facing support team should start assuming that we're entering a world where AI is going to hugely augment and empower them in their workflows. It's the first thing I'd say. If you're in any way future-facing, you have a massive opportunity to 
deliver world-class support for your company and give ultimately give your company a competitive edge over its competitors by basically saying that our support is just better than anyone's. Now, how do you prepare for this world? Well, I'll give you the short answer and I'll explain it. Like, short answer is you prepare for it by documenting all of the knowledge that like support teams know. Why does that matter? Well, the advancements here are in the realm of large language models that can ultimately consume information and have you know return conversational answers around them. They don't know things you don't tell them. Like, well, you know, the way you want them to work, you don't want them to make up facts. Let's put it that way, right? You want them to work off things that are like known. And, and so, like, if for example, you have a policy upon which you'll reissue an API key, but that's not explained anywhere, and it's kind of like tacit knowledge conferred by osmosis around the support team. Finn nor anyone's ever going to work that out unless they start like scraping through the backlogs or whatever. I think the best way to be prepared is to have like a clear stance on all of the most common things that support teams do. And that clear stance should be written in a pretty clear way. It's like easy to parse, not like, you know, uh, it doesn't actually matter, honestly, the things are so good that it'll work it out anyway. But like for your own sake, you should be clear. And like to the degree that you can document the majority of the things that you need to know to be a support agent, that's the degree to which Finn will become a rock star member of your team. So that the best way to prep is to really do that. And like, there, you know, thankfully a lot of our customers who use articles, like, they already have like hundreds of articles explaining all this. So they're, they're like good to go. But if you're not there yet, now's a great time to, to invest. Gotcha. So I think the job of like help center content writers and content designers has all of a sudden just become much more of a desirable commodity. Yeah. I mean, it should, I mean, maybe not even a commodity, right? Uh, like, uh, <laughs> I agree. I've been surprised, honestly, just as a side note, the content design community have been kind of slow to this in my experience. You know, I've followed a lot of them. I've been a member of that community over the years. But yeah, like content will be, a type of king, I'm not saying we're going to establish a monarchy here, but like content will have play a really important role and people with great content will be able to deliver world-class support. So I think it's well worth the investment. Gotcha. Fergal, I'd love to bring you in actually for the next kind of question here and just kind of go a little bit of a level deeper, I suppose, into Finn. You know, we've launched it last week and I'd love to hear from you from a technical perspective, like what makes Finn different and what makes Finn powerful? Like we'd just love to hear from you on like what we built and how we built it. Sure, Catherine. Thanks. And thanks, everyone, for coming along. You know, look, it, it's large language models are the new breakthrough. You know, we've had resolution, but we've had it for years. It uses neural networks. It works very well at, at what it's good at once you settle up. But, you know, the models we use for that, they're not as good at understanding the complexity of human conversation. And, you know, so many times in a support exchange, we see it that somebody asks a question and then they get a piece of information back and then they ask a clarifying question or a nuancing question. They're like, oh, that's not exactly what I meant. I actually meant to ask about that. And, you know, with ResolutionBot, we, we, we tried to build prototypes that understood that sort of complexity of natural language. And we could never get them to work as well as we wanted on that sort of multi-turn, messy human conversation. And what I think is new here is that large language models in, you know, transformer models, GPT, they've got that down. And if you go and play with Finn, we've watched people play with the demo and we've just seen so many examples where it sort of, it does the right thing on a follow-on question. And we, we sort of think that there's, you know, <laughs> there's a qualitative change there. That's sort of like, you know, oh, it's 10% better, 20% better at answering a follow-on question. It transforms the user experience. It makes people think, okay, wow, suddenly I can talk about this. I can talk with it and I can kind of trust it. 
And so that's new. There's a UX, there's a fundamental UX change here in terms of the quality of a bot that you can build and that you can deliver. And then I guess that the second big piece to it is that the language model is, it's better at natural language, and that means it can understand help center content better. If you give it an article, it is amazingly good at, you know, picking out an answer from that article and giving the correct answer to the point where we've had many instances where we're like, oh no, it, it hallucinated. We're like, oh, actually, no, uh, no, that, that is what the article says, <laughs> you know, because we might not be, we might be testing this on articles from a public help center that we're not experts in. And we're like, no, Finn did a better job of understanding that than we would. And again, it, it's not perfect. And one thing is it requires a nuance, Des's point earlier about content. You really want your content to be unambiguously written because we're trying to design the bot so that, you know, it doesn't give the wrong answer if something's ambiguous. And so if you play with Finn, you'll notice it, it, it's pretty conservative if there's something written in an article that's ambiguous. And I bet over the next few years, we're all going to learn a lot about bits of our, our help center articles that are accidentally ambiguous. And we're going to we're going to get them a lot sharper because we're just going to see those edge cases and, and iterate on that and make them sharper over time. So yeah, that's what's new. Those are transformational capabilities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think fair to say like ChatGPT has kind of reset expectations generally around maybe some of the most common misconceptions about AI. Like what would you say you've kind of seen the most significant shifts on there? So uh, it's a huge question. And, you know, just seeing people play with our, our demo, one of the one of the big misconceptions for users at the moment is that you can come along to a bot like this and ask it anything, ask it to help you with your homework, right? And um, and like, that's not what Finn is designed for. And Finn is designed very explicitly and clearly to stay away from that. It's, it's going to answer questions about your help center or it's just going to say, sorry, I can't help you with that. So there's definitely an end user expectation there now that like, oh, I can, I can, ask a bot like this once the bot has got natural language understanding that it's okay to ask it to help me with my homework or where the capital of Argentina is or, or any other question and you know I, I think that misconception will, will change pretty fast I think that you know everyone has seen chat GPT and I think that now we're going to see the next wave of you know folks like intercom hey how can we take our existing tech and our existing setup and marry that with the, the GPT style tech to make better experiences, more constrained experiences. And you know, over the next sort of like six months or a year, I think the user expectation will change. There's lots of misconceptions on the, the technical side as well. You know, these models, they do really, really well out of the box. They do really, really well without sort of like a, a great degree of training. You can't even train today. If you want to go and take GPT-4 or you know, any of the other large language models, you can't go and train those at the moment for your specific business or even for your specific domain. And to the extent to which they do amazingly well out of the box without that training. And then there's other ways around it, like you know how, how we've built Finn and engineered Finn. We give them a lot of context on the business as you sort of just interact with them. So I think we're, we're all learning here. And I think that the industry is going to have to learn a lot about sort of the, you know, the parameters of these models and like what makes a good user experience. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we all had a good play around with ChatGPT when it came out and uh, like it's, it's super, super impressive, but it's really clear like, like we're doing more than just that with Finn either, you know, kind of outside of what these LLMs are doing out there in the market for free. And so like, what would you kind of call out as Intercom's kind of secret sauce here? Like kind of the thing that's going to be most impressive for customers and their customers who are going to come in and kind of get a hold of Finn and take it out into market? 
so 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 kind of weirdly, I I think it's that we're we're both doing more and less, right? In that, like, I we we feel that it's really good and really important to have a bot that will just respond with curated content from your help desk. That like someone can go and ask it a question where you know you might not want a bot answering their particular question. People will ask questions that could cause brand damage. They could start asking the like if you just went and deployed, you know, sort of a, a naiver chat GPT style bot. People will go and they'll ask questions about your competitors and it'll talk to them about your competitors. And, you know, who, who knows what it will say? It will say whatever the internet says about your competitors. And you almost certainly don't want your customers in those conversations. You would not be happy if your support representatives were, were doing that. You're not going to be happy if your bot does that. And so what we feel is so exciting about Finn is, is that it's limited. It is limited to your help center. And, you know, we've put a lot of care and attention into building it, trying to capture the sort of the magic of the, the natural language dialogue with the, the ability to limit it and to trust it. And I think as, as maybe Des alluded to earlier, we've had a bit of a roller coaster here, you know, like back in there, you know, after ChatGPT launched, we were like, oh my God, this is going to like disrupt support. This is going to happen really fast. And then we we're like, oh, actually, no, it, it, it's not it, because it's not trustworthy. It, it gives very superficially appealing answers. They're not trustworthy. And I think now we're like, as the technology has gotten better and as we've learned to use it more, we're like, no, it's possible to build trustworthy, business-ready tools here. And yeah, they have limitations. You, you, you know, Finn, even if the underlying language model knows the answer from something it learned about your business or about a competitor from the internet, if it's not in your knowledge base, it won't respond. And we've deliberately engineered it like that. And we have a lot of conviction that that is what customers are going to want. Now, you know, we have to deploy it across a few thousand customers. And as always, people will tell us and there will be, will be like edge cases and so on but we have a lot of conviction in that we think you know and the initial response from our customers has been very positive of course um, and maybe just to pull on that thread a little bit around like applications of the tech so for folks who maybe aren't aware back in january we actually launched a bunch of features in the intercom inbox with you know kind of ai assists behind them so for things like conversation summaries or text expanders whereas finn is obviously a customer facing so where do you see AI being most heavily weighted or most valuable for support? Will we continue to invest in AI for support agents as well as for, for that end customer experience as well? Uh, absolutely, we will continue to invest in it. You know, the question of, of where is mon- most important is, is really hard. And I'm totally bought in on the value of AI here. And in the past, I, I've been in the machine learning team in Intercom for about five years, but I've been skeptical, right? Like part of my job has always been to be skeptical when someone came along and they said, hey, my bot today will resolve 90% of customer queries. I've always been like, oh, no, 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 it won't. You know, we're not seeing that. It won't do 90%. And now I'm much less skeptical. I really think that like, hey, this next generation of tech is going to be really transformative. And I think it's going to be transformative across customer support. I think we're going to have better bots that kind of, you know, you can set live and they'll talk to your customers like Finn. And then also for the conversations that it can't address, that fall through, we're going to have way faster support reps, way faster support rep experiences. So we believe very strongly in investing heavily in both, basically. So there's no way at this point that both aren't going to radically change. And just the, the pace of the underlying technology continues to amaze and astonish. Even people, I think, you know, like us who are very close to it, like it's things are changing month by month. And so, uh, yeah, I just think it's going to be a wild few years in customer support, customer service. And um, yeah, we, we're, we're really excited about it and determined to be in there 
turning them into valuable features as fast as possible. Yeah, awesome. So it's a win-win situation for support teams that end customers. But I'm going to throw it to Emmett now. Emmett Connolly is our VP of product design here. And Emmett, I'd just love to get kind of a quick summary from you on like, what is it that we built? And then what, what are kind of the standout features for you in Finn? Yeah, so Des and Virgil have, I guess, provided a lot of background on the technology and, and the context that we're launching this into. What we've actually built and launched is Finn. It's a natural language chat inside our messenger which which can exist inside your product and you know we've had chatbot functionality in in intercom for years actually but finn first of all introduces some big improvements over the state of the art so far first of all it's excellent at understanding natural language questions all sorts of questions that get typed at it and actually making sense of them and then providing natural language answers that are generated to be a direct answer to the question not just a quote from an article or a pre-canned snippet, but a yes, you can do that, or no, you cannot do that in response to straight answers. It can, from a language point of view, do other things as well. It can hold kind of full plain English conversations where there's a back and forth, if you like, by which I mean, you can say, oh, can I bring pets with me when I'm staying in my, in and it'll say, yes, you can. And then you can say, well, how many can I bring? It understands that how many can I bring actually it's pets that we were talking about in the previous question. So you just get this very natural back and forth flow that's enabled. It can ask clarifying questions. If you don't ask a very, it can follow up and so on. So all of this is based on the GPT-4 model and, and this kind of cutting edge language model that lots of people have, have heard about and tried at this stage. For direct use in a product, these things have some problems trained on all of the content of the web anything anyone says about your company on the internet could potentially be piped through and i think i think it was fergal said it like whatever you would not want your support staff talking about we would not want the bot to talk about either we would not want it to be willing to talk about almost any subject outside of your domain of your company but also you know provide almost any answer that it can find from the wild web out there about your company and then finally this tendency some People might have heard about the tendency to hallucinate, which is to make up very confident sounding answers that actually tend to not be true. With Finn, we really set out to solve a lot of these problems. So first of all, it's trained on your knowledge-based content, and it's essentially constrained to that content. So it can talk about, and it's willing to answer questions within that area but not outside of that. And actually, you know, we'll decline to engage in conversations about other topics. And we really realize that in some cases, having a bot say, I don't know, or I'm not going to talk about that with you is actually a feature. We wanted to really drive the trustworthiness as much as we could. So we also have it linked to its source material. This allows people to get a simple answer from Finn, but also click through, read the article, learn a lot more and kind of do their homework, if you like. So we really put a lot of effort into that. And part of this is because when we talk to customers, we realize that the, the support you provide is extension of your brand, a key touch point, and you don't want the bot going rogue. I think someone in the chat was saying, so that was an important thing. The fact that it's trained on your knowledge base, which already exists in many cases, means that there's essentially zero required to actually turn this thing on. You point it at your knowledge base, you say, set it live, and straight away, the bot slurps up all of that information, 
treats that as its corpus of knowledge and can begin answering questions instantly. And so one of the things that really stands out to me, apart from all of these fancy capabilities, is the barrier entry to actually adopting the product is so, so low. There's almost no reason to not give it a go and see how it works for you. We just think that the cost benefit ratio of doing that, like, well, point it at my help center and turn it on and, and have it start answering questions is, is ridiculously positive ratio and, and a really good reason for people to adopt Fin and just give it a go. And, and then the unique about this is it works with the rest of your system. It's not this standalone chatbot that's kind of stupidly trying to answer questions and sometimes failing. We were able to build these constraints around it and the safety features around it because we have the rest of Intercom and particularly support teams that we can pass those queries. And so Finn will say, look, I don't know, or I'm not at liberty to talk about that topic, but I can pass you on to my support team. That kind of goes back to what Des was talking about of having the bot answer the questions that it's good at and allowing support teams to really shine where they're better. So in short, I suppose it's a conversational, trustworthy, zero setup AI bot to really complement support teams and work alongside them. And we've even had people saying, well, it feels like having an additional support team member, you know, that handover process, it can ask clarifying questions so that the team has a lot more context before they even get the message sent to them. So it's even helping the teams rather than simply helping the customers directly. Emma Connolly bringing today's episode to a close. As I mentioned earlier, you can watch the full webinar complete with a live demo of Finn as well as the great Q&A session. You can watch all of that on YouTube. The link is in the show notes. Okay, that's it for this week. I'll be back next Thursday for more Inside Intercom. Thanks for listening. This is Inside Intercom.